0: comes before eternal life. Shalom. Thank you for joining us for the sermon of the fifth Sunday in Lent, March 21, 2021, from Christ Church, Jerusalem. To have eternal life is to have God's life. Before new birth, however, there has to be death to self, to the world's definition of life. Reverend David Pelagi encourages us to rediscover that the life of Jesus His teaching, example, death, and resurrection not only saves us, but shapes what our salvation looks like. We are invited not just to remember Jesus' death, but to participate in it. In the Anglican tradition, churches collect a Good Friday offering for the church's work in Jerusalem. Like so many around the world, the pandemic has deeply dented our financial resources. Our local members are struggling and the needs of the surrounding community grow every day as holy week approaches would you prayerfully consider donating to the work of christchurch jerusalem to give visit christchurchjerusalem.org/donate thank you now on to the lectionary readings
1: Our first lesson are those famous words from the prophet Jeremiah, taken from the 31st chapter of his work, beginning with the 31st verse. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand To lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. The word of the Lord.
2: Reading from Hebrews
1: 5,
2: 5-10. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission son though he was he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed him and was designated by god to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek this is the word of god
1: the gospel of our lord jesus christ according to saint john the 12th chapter the 20th verse. Now, there there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, and said, Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there heard it, said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Father in heaven,
2: you sent us Jesus The light of the world and the bread of life. We pray that uh, you will indeed feed our hungry souls. As and give us light in the darkness, as we consider his words, his life, his death, resurrection, and ascension at this time. We ask this in the way that he taught us. And not only for our blessing, but also for his glory. Amen. I have the, um, you might say the challenge of uh, considering the gospel passage that we have in uh, John's gospel in chapter 12. It uh, ends, chapter 12, ends the first half of the book of John, which is called uh, the book of signs. And from 13 onwards, we have the passion narrative. Yes. Uh, Jesus at his last Passover, <clears throat> Jesus being crucified and uh, God raising him from the dead. And the death of Jesus is going to be anticipated by some of the, by the same of um, a seed falling into the ground that has to die and then um, brings forth fruit. But before we consider that, let's maybe just for a moment think about the nature of John's gospel. It's an unusual gospel when it's compared to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's a gospel that, um, again, it's not so typical. There are no parables in the gospel. It's kind of odd because Jesus seems to have spent a third of his time teaching in parables. And seemingly there's no ethics. Not a lot of talk about sex, rock and roll, and money, right? or greed, or divorce, or generosity. Seemingly, Uh, I think John's gospel is very ethical, but you have to uh, look under the surface uh, and uh, we'll find something very rich there. There's no mention, of virtually no mention of the devil, Satan. There's no talk about second coming, uh, coming again. And We can go on. In fact, the future almost doesn't exist for John. Much of what we read about in the New Testament, great events that will happen in the future, don't seem to appear in John's Gospel. Yes, life after death. Judgment of the world. It's there a little bit. The feet of Satan, yes, condemnation of the uh, of the world system, etc. All of those things for John exist in the present. There's no need to talk about Jesus coming again, because Jesus is present with us now. The devil is being judged, and the world is being condemned. And what brings judgment upon the world is a crucifixion. And what brings judgment upon Satan is crucifixion. And most importantly, eternal life is something that is in the here and now. Now, it doesn't mean that all of those things don't exist in the future. But for John, he wants to emphasize that they're happening now. It's that old saying, now but not yet, which I think should be modified to, things are happening now, yes, and they will continue to happen in the future. God is at work. And I think this tension between the now and what's going to happen in the future actually goes back to Jesus himself. I think it's some uh, theological ruse or someone's playing games with the text. Uh, Very often you hear, well, you know, Jesus didn't come back right away, so somehow they uh, had to uh, think theologically and uh, find some kind of a, a, an excuse. I think Jesus himself understands when he teaches about the kingdom of God, in Matthew, Mark and Luke, that the kingdom, yes, is a present reality, but there's also a future reality as well. Yes, God is at work in this day and age and that work will be finished. It will be consummated at some point uh, in the future. I think the other thing that is very significant about John's Gospel, yes, of course, is, um, is that it tells us uh, in the most direct way who Jesus is. Uh, and um, a few months ago, as it seems like years ago, but not not long ago in January, we read the prologue to John's gospel. Uh, And that prologue, John chapter one, which is one of the most beautiful passages in the New Testament, that prologue, as we learned a few months ago, modeled on Genesis chapter one. Let me just remind you, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, here's the creation story, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, yes, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So, Genesis chapter one, creation story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then it goes on, yes, uh, to talk about life. Yes, God says, God begins to create. There's light and there's life. And these two themes, yes, Light and life, yes, run throughout John's gospel, and they run throughout the epistles, and they end really uh, becoming major and important themes in the book of Revelation itself. And our chapter, or our passage, also has, has an emphasis both on life, And on light. Now, I think when we hear these words, um, I'm not sure they mean a lot to us, even if we think theologically. And so sometimes, for example, we can say to ourselves, yes, Jesus is the light. He is the light of the world. But I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that many of us, really understand what that means. We use the terminology, we affirm that it's true, but in some way we don't embrace it. And in some ways we don't participate in it. And in many ways it may not change our life. Yes, it may not bring about a transformation that is so necessary for each one of us. Or, you know, Jesus gives new life. Or Jesus, as I said, is the bread of life. What does all this mean? What is is life? Uh, What is light? No, Jesus just isn't salvation. Yes, you think of Jesus as our Savior, Jesus as our Lord. But I think what we need to rediscover every day Is that his life, his teaching, you might say his example, his death, his resurrection? Yes, all of that not only saves us, but it shapes what salvation looks like. It determines actually what salvation is going to be. And in this gospel, right, it's going to add an important theological dimension. What it means to be saved or what it means to have eternal life is really simple. It just means to have God's life. Yes, eternal life is the life that comes from the Father. It's the life that the Father shares shares with the Son and the Son shares with the Father. It's something more than biological life. And to be, quote-unquote, saved or to have eternal life means that we participate in that life, means we we were brought into that life and given an opportunity, yes, to um, live in relationship with the Father and the Son and to participate in the mission, in God's mission in the world, yes, or to uh, continue the work, you know, that uh, Jesus started. But in order to participate in the life of God, in order to have that relationship, there has to be, yes, I I hope, I think, a better understanding of what life is about or what life, what is actually being talked about here and what the light is. And so just briefly look at the passage uh, that we have in John chapter 12. And... In my Bible, the, new, the nearly infallible version, it's got a subhead. Jesus predicts his death. Very good. And that says, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. Apparently they're uh, Greek Jews. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Yeah lots of people you know want to see Jesus and it reminds me of a famous rolling stone song on uh, exile on main exile on main street song i knew well as a kid i don't want to talk about jesus i just want to see his face well i'm not sure that's maybe that's a start but that's not enough and this is the response of jesus Besides saying, I don't have time for appointments because uh, some more important things are happening, he says the following. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's going to die the death of a slave. He's going to die a shameful, humiliating, horrific death. And notice what we have we have, this is now glory. It's not as we read in the other Gospels where glory comes after, right? After the resurrection or with the ascension or with the second coming. No, we have glory now. Yes, glory in this, uh, again, in this shameful, shameful, humiliating death. Um, And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it. The man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And um, so here Jesus is helping us to define really what life is. And basically he just, he simply says, look, if you're going to serve me, yes, you must follow my example. And my example is that in death, yes, in my glory, in this humiliating, shameful, um, excruciating death, I'm going to bring life. Yes, and this death is going to produce, yes, a huge amount of fruit. Now, the thing in John's Gospel is that Jesus doesn't really tell his disciples that there's going to virtually, maybe in one instance, I believe in chapter 16, doesn't talk about persecution, doesn't talk about opposition from the religious authorities, doesn't uh, predict or foresee problems with the Roman authority, with, with Rome itself. So he's, here He's uh, there's no talk in a way of taking up your cross, care, suffering, yes. But uh, in the context, yes, what Jesus is obviously talking about is some form of self-denial, of self-sacrifice, of serving others, of giving to others, maybe living for others, because, of course, in the next Several chapters, Jesus will go on to emphasize uh, the necessity of, uh, for each one of us to, to love each other, yes, and to live in unity with each other. Now, it's, I think it's certainly, is it certainly isn't not uh, um, strengthened when it says, the man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world Okay, we'll keep it for eternal life. Now, these verses, uh, which are incredibly powerful, uh, sometimes have been the, the hugely misinterpreted. Because Jesus isn't telling us to, for example, hate people. You know, gotta hate other people, especially those people who don't belong to my group. You know, my, example as they did at Qumran or it's not telling us to hate the physical world the world the uh, you know the world of uh, of uh, trees and birds and uh, etc nor should we hate uh, think, uh, culture or art Some people use these verses almost as a way, as an excuse for their own self-hatred. And self-hatred is a horrible, horrible spiritual disease. And this saying has just, does not justify hatred of any kind. Literally, it says, yes, that we should, uh, in this world, we should not prefer um uh, love is to prefer and hate uh, is is not preferral and um, it's bit, the man who loves his life will lose it yes the man who prefers our earth, one who one of us any of us who prefer this earthly life yes this biological life will end up losing that life yes but in this world, yes, if we don't prefer life as the world understands it, yes, then we will end up, we will uh, We will keep it for eternal life. Meaning if we want eternal life, which is this participation in God's life, yes, then there has to be as Daryl spoke last week, there has to be a new birth. But before there can be a new birth, there has to be a death. Something has in us has to die. Yes, something that part of us that it wants to do our will, the part of us that uh, wants to rely on ourself, the part of us that uh, is attracted, you might say, to the values of the world, which are which those values are in opposition to who God is, that has to go away. And when that does go away, when we turn from that, yes, then there can be a new birth. And we can enter into that relationship. We can enter in and participate and take part, yes, in God's life. And again, that's what it said, that salvation is, It's not that Jesus just saves us. It's that his life and teaching determines the shape. And just as he died, yes, and said no to his will, and said no to self-preservation, he calls upon us to do the same. And that enables us, yes, to enter that place, yes, to enter that relationship, yes, which is one of trusting, that's yes, one of abiding, one of following. So the life that Jesus wants to give us comes at a cost. Now, again, we celebrate his death, especially in the Eucharist. We're baptized into his death and into his life in baptism. Um, we sing about his death we pray about his death, but here, the invitation is to participate in it. yes? And to participate in it, participate in his death, yes, by the way that we live, by preferring others to ourselves. Now just very briefly, Jesus maybe paradoxically, says in John 10, 10, I come that you can, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But wait a minute, he's just saying, no, 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 you know, I, I don't have life. Yeah, and it seems, uh, seems a bit contradictory, paradoxical. Yes, Jesus wants us to have life, but no, he doesn't want us to have life. For Jesus, life isn't found in self-flourishing, yes. Life is found in giving to others. Life is found in trusting God, yes. Abundant life or blessing is found uh, in self-denial or in sacrifice. That's the message of Jesus, which stands in contrary to everything that Western culture stands for today, everything that Western culture espouses. Yes, we live in a culture, we live in a day and age in which uh, everything is about myself. I want a good sex life. I want good relationships. I want um, to um, have authentic values and beliefs. I want to eat well. Yes, I want to have great experiences. And I want to live until I'm 105. And after 105, well, that's the end, yes, and it's all centered around me, yes, my, self-pres- my self-preservation, my, you know, self-provision, my well-being, and Jesus says, that's not life, and if we have that kind of life, that's the kind of life that we will end up, it will end up, we'll end up losing it, and it'll be of ultimate and eternal value. Secondly, there's life, and then there's light. And again, for many of us as Christians, yes, Jesus is the light of the world, but what does that mean? And in almost, in many cases, let's say, yes, when when Jesus talks about light in John's gospel, he talks about walking in the light. It's not enough to know that Jesus is the light of the world. Again, like his death, it has to be embraced. Yes, we have to walk in the way that Jesus walked. And of course, walking is just a metaphor for living. And so in our uh, many um, um, in numerous verses throughout uh, the gospel here, for it, let me just, for example... Um let's see 11.9 Jesus answered are there not twelve hours of daylight a man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world's light it is when he walks by night that he stumbles for he has no light yes in the chapter that we just read um, we read the following in verse 35 of chapter 12 then Jesus said, told them, um, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you can become sons of light. Yes, put your trust, put your confidence. Yes, rely upon that light, yes? But again, the metaphor is walking. Sometimes we think of light as just, I'm sitting there and I'm getting some kind of, some kind of ray comes from heaven and uh, it enlightens everything or it's uh, maybe the inner light. Uh, Jesus doesn't understand it in, in those terms. And verse 44, the same chapter, yes. yes, it says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And again, for John, belief is a verb. It's not some intellectual proposition, or it's not just having the right doctrine. We will be in the light, right? We will be in the light when we believe in him, when we trust in him, when we have confidence in Him, when we abide in Him and stay with Him, when we live in Him, and, and actually when we f- uh, follow Him, yes, that is walking, um, that is walking in the light. And walking in the light, living in the light, not only enables us, as I said, to participate in God's life, it enables us also to be light and life for others. It enables us to, you might say, be the gospel, especially as John understands it. And you, if you wanted any further proof of this, I think even a fast reading of First John, yeah, would uh, pile on uh, an incredible amount of, of uh, confirmation, one after the other, because first John was written in a way to clarify the gospel of John. And so let me just read a few verses about light and life. Um, let's start with verse one, Let's start with the first chapter. First, and so, Oh, some of these are very familiar verses, but hopefully we will hear them uh, in a new way, considering the subject. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness of, at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. And again, the truth, especially for John and 1 John, uh, the truth is something we do. Not only something that we believe, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? Yes. Being the light, being life to others, what does it create? It creates a transformed community, right? It's... Of course, it's the light of, the light of Jesus, but it's the life of Jesus, yes? But when we live, uh, when we embrace that light, or when we embrace that life, which includes uh, uh, self-denial or self-giving, yes, then it creates uh, a transformed fellowship. And the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin, that was first John 1. In First John chapter 2, verse 9. It says anyone who claims to be in the light, yes, I have the light because you know I'm Jesus, because I have Jesus, but hates his brother is still in darkness. Yes. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother uh, is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness is blinded him. This is very practical, and it's not abstract. Yes? Let me read just a few more verses before we close. Yes? So uh, walking in light is very prominent in 1 John, but so too is living and life itself. And so in 3.14, we read the following. It says, um, we know that we have passed from death to life. Yes, because we walked down the aisle and accepted Jesus as our Savior. We know that we have passed from death to life because we are baptized and come to communion. We know that we have passed from death to life Yes, because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life. (sighs) No murderer is going to heaven. No murderer, meaning one who hates, yes, is going to be an intimate fellowship and relationship with God. Doesn't By the way, the warnings here, not about future punishment and judgment. And please don't be mistaken. I'm not uh, uh, trying to say that a future judgment does not await each one of us. It does. But the appeal, yes, is that uh, we can not only have this fellowship and in intimacy with God, but we can know really what abundant life is. Just maybe one or two more. Um, 329, Um, and here we have 314 and 329, let's see, there is no 329. Um, There's a 324, those who obey his commands live in him. Yes, Do we want life or participation Yes, uh, in the Godhead.. No. But here we see that that participation is not only trusting, but it's also obeying. And finally, let me l- read one more, and we'll close from First John chapter four uh, and verse nine. Uh, again, the theme is familiar. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through Him. Yes, this is love, not that we love God, but he, that He loved us, and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. no one, who's, no one who has ever no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in him. Complete in us, sorry. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his Holy Spirit. So Jesus prepares to go uh, to the cross as he reminds us, uh, his followers, yes, of the necessity um, to follow him and to follow his example, to walk in the way that he walked. it calls upon us. He calls upon us to die to ourself. Yes, to live for others. And he calls upon us to walk in the light. Not only that it brings blessing to us, yes, not only it allows us that participation and fellowship in God's in, in the life of God, but it brings uh, light and life to others. Yes. And so we are the gospel. We are the good news. Yes, if we can live in him, yes, and walk in the light as he is in the light. So Father in heaven, we pray that in this very dark world, in a very confused world, in a world uh, in which is focused uh, only on itself, only on self-gratification uh, or only on uh, on survival. We pray that we, your children, as yes, with new life, can die to self and can walk uh, in the light. We pray that uh, you will give us the strength and that you will give us the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to truly love one another, yes, and to be the gospel to a very lost and dark world. Help us, we pray, Lord, at this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.